we learn not in school, but in life. Seneca. Hello, my fellow Stoics. Thank you for listening in to today's episode. Have you ever heard of the old saying where watch your thoughts, they become your words, your words become your actions, your actions become uh, your character, and your character becomes your destiny? That's what today's episode is going to be about. It's really thinking about what is it that you're really saying? And not necessarily just saying, but what are your values of what you're saying? Essentially, trying to say, really, let's be careful with what we are calling good and bad. Or, in this case, the examples that I'm going to get into are the extremes. Be careful about making value judgments on things that don't necessarily need those value judgments. I mean, I've, I imagine we've heard people say, as well as ourselves, if you catch yourself, saying, I had a horrible day. I had a terrible day. And then when days are great, you, you say, I've had a great day. Right? So, the concern with that type of mentality especially on the extremes, is really understanding just what I had mentioned. Your thoughts become your words, and your words become your actions. And actions and emotions kind of relate to one another because they both impact one another. But nonetheless, using strong words to evaluate things fire up your emotions. So that's why when you... Uh, if you've ever been to therapy and whatnot, typically a, a therapist or a psychologist will typically say, don't use extreme terms because extreme terms can also call forth those emotions that you feel. And sometimes they're irrational. Sometimes they're also illogical. Sometimes they're wrong entirely. Maybe you didn't have a horrible day. Maybe instead you had a bad five minutes with a customer. That's not horrible. <laughs> that that instead was just a bad moment with a bad customer. But you have allowed it to become horrible because I imagine that you spiraled for the next seven hours of your work day, making your day horrible. But your day was never horrible. You made the value judgment that it was horrible based on a five-minute interaction. Well, let's say you're in traffic. and it, I love using the traffic example because I, everybody's in traffic and that brings out the worst in people sometimes. <laughs> um, your traffic adds five minutes more to your travel time. Five minutes more. Think about that. You're going to allow five extra minutes of traffic to ruin your day. Really. You're going to place that much value of your day, of what you value a good day. You're going to put more value on the five-minute interaction that you had than it is the entire day. What was your entire day like? Maybe you had a great interaction with your coworkers. Maybe you listened to a great podcast during that, during that traffic. Maybe you enjoyed the weather 
while you were bumper to bumper. These are more, are better value judgments than the traffic itself. But you couldn't get out of your own mind. You couldn't get out of your own way to enjoy the process, even if it wasn't that great. Like I said, though, when we use very strong words, it invokes your emotions in a vicious cycle. The words that we use to describe things make us feel more strongly about them. And that's the reason why Seneca advises us to use uh, uses only virtue and the virtue of good and bad as our first and main sources of value when we are making value judgments. Everything else comes after that. So, as a Stoic, we should be placing higher value on our virtue, our actions of how we determine virtue, over everything else that occurs in life. That's an interesting thing to say, right? Because some people would value happiness over everything. That my value in life is happiness. But the problem with that is that the moment that a bad thing happens, everything else can tumble. Everything else falls. You are no longer happy when an inconvenience happens. You, because you placed so much value on happiness. But the Stoics suggest that virtue is the ultimate uh, goal. That, that we should be living our lives according to. And that virtue will bring us more peace in life. So, this type of preference ordering, right, as the Stoics put, virtue over everything else, is one that modern economists use called the lex, lexicographic preferences. It's much like sorting things in alphabetical order. We should be you know, we do it on a daily basis, right? We trade money, for example. My amount that I have, $100,000, let's say, or, 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 or let's say a million dollars, if we want to use like a, an example of a car, right? You are trading this sum of money for that car. This sum of money is equal to the value of that car. But you wouldn't put this value of money over a family member. You know, if you had a child, you wouldn't put it over your child. So therefore, the child is worth more than the million dollars and therefore worth more than the car. Right? That's what a lexicographic uh, preference ordering is, is all about. And obviously, you know, you wouldn't, you, it's illegal to trade a child for money. Just putting that out there. <laughs> but the ancient Stoics thought, that virtue, and again, to be more specific, wisdom, justice, courage, and temperance are and should be your top priority for what should be preferable in life. So, and everything else afterwards is, you know, if you want to use a number format or a, or a letter format, it's either everything else starts at B and so forth. Because virtue contributes to everything that makes a life good. You know, not perfect, not great, not bad, 
but good, right? That is what the Stoics say that we should live our life according to. So when it comes to when it comes to bringing back to um, making value judgments and not to use extreme terms, and that that is primarily because we should make sure that virtue and all the virtues involved with our daily interactions should be more appropriate. So that's why we shouldn't be using extreme terms, right? That's what moderation, practical wisdom, courage, right? When we encounter a bad moment, we use virtue first to make the value judgment, not the thing itself. So we can stop instead since I value virtue more than the encounter that I'm having right now with somebody, I can say, and if I apply it, right, you you go down that, that path, virtue being the highest, you can say, this bad interaction that I had with somebody, you can, you know, use practical wisdom and say something like, maybe that person was having a bad day. This person does not truly impact me. I choose to feel how I feel, right? Moderation. If you begin to get a boiled up rage because how can this person talk to me this way? No, but you have to be temperate and apply justice. It is unjust for me to punish my own mind and ruin my own day purely because somebody else could not control their emotions. Right? That, that's the process that you would go about when you're utilizing virtue as your core value, your number one value over everything else. And then you're more easily able to say, I didn't have a horrible day. I had a bad five minutes with the customer. And that brings down the levels of intensity that you may feel throughout the day instead of it being so heightened when you call it horrible because your mind and your emotions will combine together, making it rise, making you convince yourself that it is indeed horrible. But is it really? Moderate yourself a little bit. Apply a justice to yourself. Use wisdom. Use the courage to say, you know, to call yourself out. I'm not that angry. I shouldn't be that angry. I have the courage to say, I deserve better, sure, but I also deserve to treat myself better. So I don't need to say I had a terrible day, but instead I can look at myself in the mirror and say, you did not have a terrible day. You had a bad five minutes and you should not let this spiral. You should not allow this to harm the rest of your day. That's what it means to be careful with what you call good and bad, right? Horrible and perfect. You shouldn't be striving for either ends of the spectrum. You should accept things as they come and be okay with how they come. And with that being said, we can go into more detail as far as perf um, preferred indifferences and dispreferred indifferences. So again, not going into the extremes, but instead choosing the stoic path of saying, you know, that bad encounter that I had with a customer for five minutes, it's a dispreferred in, indifference. I cannot allow it to hurt me because the, the highest good and the overall goal of stoicism is to be virtuous. But that doesn't mean squishing your emotions about it. Of course, it makes you feel bad when you encounter something, 
as something relatively dispreferred, but use that terminology instead, right? That terminology is far better because it keeps us thinking within reason. When we start to say again the extremes, we start to think in extremes and then feel in extremes and then do in extremes. And this is not the path to virtue. Instead, we got to remain temperate and moderate, not squishing the emotion, but acknowledging that it is dispreferred that we encountered that. But we still have to remain indifferent about it, especially if it's something that we can't control. I can't control that I ran into a bad customer. I can only control how I feel about it and how I respond to it. And I can still acknowledge that it was bad, but it was dis it was a dispreferred indifference that did not make my day horrible. It was just simply dispreferred. Now let's go back to the whole value judgments, this in particular with re relation to things, right? I had mentioned we do value judgments on money with material possessions. Now Socrates argued that virtue is always within our benefit, and the only thing that can truly hurt us is a lack of virtue. And one might say that surely in terms of material things, wealth, power, and fame is also good, right? I mean, not really. They may be used for good or for bad. That's where the distinction is. Being wealthy may be a conduit for doing good for humanity, but it may also be what enables you to do harm. The same goes for all other preferred and dispreferred things. As Epictetus said, what decides whether a sum of money is good, the money is not going to tell you. It must be the faculty that makes use of such impressions. The faculty is reason, which tells us that virtue is the only true good. So again, it goes back to virtue being the number one value judgment. Everything else is secondary. So even if you do want things, you know, we're talking about things here now. If you want things, you must test them against value, your main value judgment, which is virtue, the ultimate good. So if you want money, make sure you're first and foremost being virtuous about it. You're testing it against all of your virtues before you are deciding to want money fame, or power. Because again, all of that aren't actually. It's not inherently bad to have loads of money. It's not inherently bad to be famous. It is not inherently bad to have power. It is the person. But if the person does not have virtue as the ultimate good that they're striving for, then of course, all of those things that they hold can be bad. That's why virtue must be the number one thing that we value, not necessarily having money being your ultimate um, value judgment. Because then if you start doing that on top of material things, obviously, if your value judgment is money, then you're going to make decisions based only on the value of your money. But that's not that's that doesn't lead to the ultimate good, because what are your virtues then? If you have no virtues, then you only have vices. Then you may think, well, then if having loads of money is my only value judgment, then having more 
must be the only thing that I want. And therefore, you then get into people who will attain money at any cost. And that's where it becomes a really big problem. You don't want to attain money at any cost. You want to instead attain your wealth, whether that be for your family or just for you, with the sole intention of being virtuous first. That way you can have good intentions with your money. That way you don't impact yourself. You don't impact your fellow man. So with that being said, my fellow Stoics, meditate on what it is that you value. Make sure that as a practicing Stoic, you keep the virtues in mind with daily interactions with yourself, with your loved ones. This reminds me of another quote um, that essentially says that the problem with the wise man is inaction. <laughs> and, and I think that that rings somewhat true because what you end up finding yourself in, and because this is, you know, we're all practicing Stoics, something that I encounter is just thinking oftentimes more than doing. And it's primarily because I'm thinking about my virtues and doing the right thing uh, in accordance to, to, to my virtues. And it obviously oftentimes becomes difficult to make decisions when you're battling a little bit with all of your virtues here. And, you know, as over time, it becomes second nature. You know, there are some things that I find myself making easier decisions about than other things. But in the past, I, I can honestly say that there have been times when I was practicing this journey that it does become difficult in the, in, in the beginning because you are um, replacing what you once valued first with this new idea, this new ideal of becoming virtuous. And when you are flipping that script a little bit for yourself, it takes time. It takes practice. So I encourage everybody to meditate on that when you're making, especially with difficult decisions, always keep your virtues in mind. Always keep in mind that you want to be a virtuous person. Not changing who you are, though. It's just the things that would otherwise impact your actions and your thoughts. That's really what you should be uh, targeting your virtues towards. So, again, meditate on that and I wish you all a great week. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps out the show. If you would like to check out Stoic Sage merch or read the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. And I wish you well, my fellow Stoics, on your path to sagehood.